Now it's time for the Southern Cross. Such a long intro, that one. Yes, Southern Cross is back, and with me in studio today is Pacific Media Centre's director, Professor David Roby, who is here to talk to us about a resurgence of coronavirus cases in the Pacific and the impact of two very important upcoming votes in Bougainville and New Caledonia. We're also going to talk about the latest edition of Pacific Journalism Review, which has been causing some ripples around the region over its criticisms of government assaults on media freedoms. So, David, there's been another case of COVID-19 reported in a mine in Papua New Guinea. The total number of cases there is now 214. How badly are things developing? Well, actually, it's uh, the last couple of weeks has been pretty rolling along incredibly alarmingly. Uh, so um, the um, government is really responding and says uh, messages um, don't panic um, but um, one paper at the weekend uh, the national uh, of uh, PNG ran a map showing uh, how exponentially it's um, spreading from a number of uh, provinces over to western province by the Indonesian uh, border with Papua um, up into Northern Ireland, New Ireland uh, and so on so this is quite dramatic um, and this is the second mine here the previous one was Octeti, and of course uh, there's been a lot of fears that uh, you know the large um, uh, you know people number of people and the guys that generally work in these mines and very uh, tight uh, accommodation that sort of thing has been very worried about spreading in, in the mines, and it's all coming from Port Moresby, of course. That's where. Um, most of the cases are mm. in the capital. I was going to ask about the significance of the case being in a mine because is are the working conditions there worse than, say, um, a packed office or people walking down a street at rush hour? Well, yes, basically because they're working in uh, very uh, confined spaces, uh, mm. lack of uh, lack of uh, air and so on, that sort of thing, uh, and tunnels and in uh, um, pit areas, that sort of thing. So it is uh, compared with, um, say, office areas and that sort of thing, quite um, mm. quite more uh, restricted in terms of um, breathing and so on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move now to um, New Caledonia and Bougainville, who both have critical votes on the horizon. There's an election and a referendum and both are reporting new cases of COVID-19. Firstly, the referendum in New Caledonia. What's this referendum on? This is on independence, um, and I had the good fortune. Uh, there's three three votes probably, uh, because there was one in 2018 um, to uh, see whether there'd be independence, and then under the agreements, uh, the Montenegro agreement and then the Numea agreement, uh, there were three votes, uh, one another one this year, another one in 2022. Um, so it's like uh, what I described in one article was, um, you know, uh, three three strikes fix it. You see, three chances for independence, uh, the independence movement. Um, you know, because the demographics are very much against the indigenous uh, Karnak people. But uh, in the 2018 um, referendum, which I was at, um, there was a surprisingly strong vote. Uh, for uh, for independence uh, and the anti-independence movements in spite of all their resources and that sort of thing uh, had di- dipped out very badly so things are very very tense at the moment uh, and of course COVID is um, another another factor but the good news is that um, there's been an additional case um, in, uh, in, in, in Texas in 23 but they're all, all basically being border 
cases. So at mm. the moment, um, it's not too huge of a problem. And the um, the French government says uh, that uh, it's not going to derail the COVID problem. It's not going to derail the referendum. It's uh, so vitally important. And so this referendum is it independence from France? Yes, absolutely. Um, but you know, of course, the um, people uh, in New Caledonia, French uh, citizens who really want to remain uh, an integral part of France, are uh, being uh, sort of using all sorts of scaremongering tactics and so on, mm. uh, you know, not losing sight of the indigenous, you know, sovereignty issues for the whole of the Pacific. Um, the kind of people say, when the FNKS is the pro-independence, um, main pro-independence uh, party, and they say, well, you know, we, we're going to keep relations with France, and uh, even if we do win the vote, uh, hopefully they do, uh, but they will um, uh, basically look for a three-year uh, transition period uh, where they take over control completely themselves. Um, so it's, um, but it's a very fraught um, debate. I mean, there was a lot. I was, I was there in 1980, mid 1980s when, of course, there was a big uprising by Kanak people, uh, which eventually led to the referendums. Now, you see, um, and uh, there was a lot of bitterness there, and it's still there in the history. So Paris is sending dozens of officials and magistrates to supervise this referendum. Um, is there any concern that the presence of French officials will influence it in any way? Uh, not so much that, but it's more the issue about COVID. Uh, right. You know, with, because, you know, France is one of the countries that's all, you know, in Europe getting a resurgence mm. uh, and that sort of thing. And we've seen what's happened in French Polynesia right now, you know, where uh, the borders have been, basically been open and relaxed uh, for tourism. And uh, it's, uh, you know, friend, by people from France that are bringing um, COVID and also from the US and particularly California. So in New Caledonia, they've been a little bit uh, safer, um, but are they're pretty worried about um, what what impact this this could actually have. Is and that sorry, oh, yes, is this ahead, the, like when you say uh, there there's some worry that concerns that people from France could bring coronavirus to the Pacific? Is that the same for uh, French Polynesia as well? Well, well, to, to be fair, I mean, like there's very stringent uh, procedures uh, in, in particularly New Caledonia, um, there's quarantine all that sort of thing. So it's it's unlikely, but the fears, the concerns are there. In in the case of French Polynesia, it's different because France has actually forced the local government, the Tahitian government, uh, to open borders, um, and so they're bringing in tourists in large numbers from California, one of the worst states in the US, right. and then also from France. And uh, already there's been there were 62, uh, 61 cases, uh, uh, 61 cases earlier this past week. Now a new case is an American um, uh, woman who's on board the tourism ship uh, Paul Gauguin. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also been a, a flight attendant on the uh, uh, Tahiti Nui, which is the national airline sort of thing. Um, so that's bringing a lot of worries. <laughs> yeah, with um, France uh, making lots of places in French Polynesia open up the borders perhaps before they're ready, do you think there'll be more movements towards independence? Um, well, it, there's, independence is a very fraught situation. You know, we have um, Oscar Temaru, who's been uh, elected president many times. He's not president at the moment, but his party has been very strong in independence. Yes, it's probably going to encourage um, independence because... Uh, That's in want to French Polynesia? That's in French Polynesia? Yes, yes. Well, well um, quote, unquote, French, you know, because Tahitians, uh, particularly uh, Oscar's party, say, we're French-occupied. Right. <laughs> right. Or right. they use the indigenous name, which is Tahitian. Um, yeah, so. 
Let's move on now to the Pacific Journalism Review, which has criticised Pacific governments over authoritarian crackdowns on the media. And it itself has now garnered quite a few criticisms because of this review. Uh, what's this all about? Well, um, basically, it's uh, this is the latest edition. It's only just come out a few days ago. It's actually yep. online already. Listeners uh, can't can, see, listeners but can, he's Listeners <laughs> can't actually see this, but I think it's a very stunning cover. And, and on the cover, uh, it's, uh, it shows a, a woman with... Uh, uh, face painting in the Morning Star flag, which is banned by the Indonesian authorities and can mm. earn up to a 15-year sentence and so on. Um, anyway, the edition was uh, a collaboration uh, with the Melanesia Media Freedom Forum, which um, was launched uh, last year in November, and they had a conference in uh, Brisbane, and we, uh, the Pacific Journalism Review from the PMC, we, we were collaborators, we uh, jointly organised that, and we've published the articles and uh, papers out of this. Um, and this is the first time there's actually been a publication based on Melanesia as opposed to Polynesia or Micronesia and so right. on because that's where the major media freedom issues have been for some time but they haven't been terribly well reported, especially in this country. What's an example <coughs> of the um, media crackdowns by the government? Well, um, basically governments are now sort of sheltering with the COVID uh, issues and sort of using that as an excuse to tighten up controls on the media. So, for example, uh, pressure on the um, uh, internet. There are several countries in the region that have uh, threatened to uh, close down um, uh, Facebook. Uh, Papua New Guinea actually has an eye, because like they've got close relations with China. And uh, there's been all sorts of uh, speculation that they will want to bring in um, uh, Chinese um, sort of software and so on for, and to replace Facebook and so on. But Facebook is actually vitally important for people in Papua New Guinea that because there's a distrust of the mainstream media, so they right. rely heavily on, on social media. Um, and there's always a problem about that as well. But there's some actually very good and well-informed uh, uh, websites and social media sites. So, for example, uh, PNG uh, Investigate and so on, which bring out information that's not actually in the mainstream media. So that's one example. The other example is um, uh, basically tightening up uh, laws um, to um, uh, intimidate uh, journalists uh, and so on. Uh, none of the really serious problems like happens in the Philippines and various other countries in Southeast Asia where you know journalists can be murdered or they simply disappear. But it's still a very worrying situation and it's got worse. It's, it's really uh, media freedom in the region has deteriorated uh, quite a lot over the last year or so. Mm. Well, thanks very much for that, David. Uh, we'll wrap up there. That was our last Southern Cross for a while as you guys are taking a, a little break, but um, you can keep up to date with all of the Pacific Media Centre updates at asiapacificreport.nz. Thanks very much, David. That was the Southern Cross. 